Okay, everyone. Hope everyone's doing well. I'm super excited for this episode today because one of the reasons why I started this show to even begin with is because I think like a lot of you guys, you understand that the pieces are out there, but they've been fed and given to us over long periods of time. So if it doesn't affect our immediate lives in general, it's hard to put the pieces together unless we're looking in a very deep, deep manner. So let's get right into Project Sunshine. This is very big. Now, first off, I just want to give a quick shout out to Cameron Bird. He's a big fan of the show. So again, Cameron, thank you so much for watching, supporting, sharing the whole thing. So don't want to waste any time. I got tons of documents to show you guys, tons of articles to substantiate all of it. So let's dive right into it. Now, we need to understand what Project Sunshine was. This all ties in with the largest cemetery in the world, at least on a public level, that's located in Iraq. And this also focuses on a four-day battle. I believe it was four or five days day battle that occurred in Iraq over this cemetery between U.S. troops and certain tribes within Iraq and certain um, local uh, local leaders. Now, Project, Project Sunshine, according to Wikipedia and many other sources, was, a, and I quote, a series of research studies that began in 1953 to ascertain the impact of radioactive fallout on the world's population. The project was initially kept secret and only became known publicly in 1956. Now, here's the thing, guys, I want to mention quickly. Officially, the project has never ended. So commissioned jointly by the United States Atomic Energy Commission and USAF Project RAN, or the United States Air Force Project RAN, Sunshine sought to examine the long-term effects of nu nuclear radiation on the biosphere due to repeated nuclear detonations of increasing yield. So essentially, long story short, this has to do with a handful of other projects, including Project Gabriel and things like that. But essentially, the point of Project Sunshine here back in 1953 was to essentially see how much the human body and the human skin would actually contract radiation because they were doing all kinds of nuclear tests and what have you. Now, I don't doubt that. I don't doubt that project existed. I'm not saying that. But here's the thing. They uncovered or sorry, dug up, let's say dozens and dozens of not just children bo children's bodies, but adult bodies as well, but adult bodies of men and women who recently died. Now, they say they use the, those bodies, and they dug them up illegally, by the way, without even telling the families, but they say they use those bodies to test and see how far, when they dropped a bomb in the middle of the desert, that radiation would go. Look, it's not the most immoral unethical thing they've ever done it's a terrible thing you're doing that to people whose families are thinking that their deceased loved ones are resting in peace it's terrible to do but they did it anyways now the connection here that i'm trying to make is that we know for a fact that one of the many reasons the iraqi war was the iraq war sorry was started was because there's an alleged stargate that created a sort of collapsing timeline that created a ripple effect in this world and so clearly one of the reasons why they went to iraq because we now know there was no evidence of anything happening there the bush administration as well as the cia and intelligence communities all pretty much said publicly even though they were arguing internally behind the scenes about whether they should go or not we're all saying publicly we got to go we got to go now yes fine they went to iraq for the oil they but they used 9-11 as an excuse that's a bit of a different story i'm not going to jump into it but the point here is that they went to iraq for more than just the oil and i'm not saying this is the only reason why they went there's a lot of beneficial reasons to go to iraq on a public level introducing more military dominance on the u.s's side of it is fantastic but at the same time we know for a fact that there was a stargate that was opened there or turned on so to speak back in i believe the 20s or the 30s 
essentially. And it was very revealed very quickly and publicly, and then it was immediately deemed to be fake. The photograph was allegedly faked, and the whole thing was just done and, and shut down. Now, if we fast forward, that was 1953, Project Sunshine, and then we fast forward to the early to mid-2000s in Iraq. So what are we going to do? We're going to take a look at, over here, the New York Times, the conflict in Iraq, looking back, eight-day battle for Najaf. And I apologize if I didn't say that correctly. From attack to stalemate, I apologize. It was not a four-day battle. It was an eight-day battle. Now, if we also take a look, for example, at ABC.com, ABC News, this is the title. Quote, this was done back in 2006 of January. World wakes up to horrific scientific discovery. Half a century after secret studies on the effects of radioactive fallout were carried out in the United States and Britain, the world is waking up to the body snatching of the 1950s. Project Sunshine, studies conducted on dead babies, sought to measure the amount of radioactive strontium being absorbed by humans due to nuclear testing, or they would call it S90 as short form for uh, radioactive strontium. Now, on Tuesday, the Australian Ministry for Health and Aged Care launched an investigation into reports of Australian baby samples being dispatched for Project Sunshine without the parents' permission, end quote. So, Let's take a look at this. What we do know is the U.S. was behind this. Obviously, they're the, I don't want to say, I don't want to use the word mastermind, but they were the general encompassing motivator for this. Now, we know Australia clearly, maybe the Australian government wasn't involved, but they were taking bodies from there. Who, we know the U.K. was definitely involved. I mean, Britain and the United States have been long, and even Israel, have all been working together very closely for many years. So that's nothing secret for them to let them in on certain, not full-on projects, but certain aspects of projects, right? Now, what we have to understand here is that these babies that were being dug up, which is terrible that these children passed away from whatever disease or, or natural disaster or man-made incident that caused them to die, are being dug up as well as fresh human bodies uh, of adult bodies as well. So did they use that? Sure. But they didn't put the bodies back, of course, because it would be too obvious. But why is it? And I have there's CIA documents I'm putting up on the screen right now to show you guys the same number of bodies that were snatched up across Australia, Britain, and the United States are the exact same number of bodies that were coincidentally buried in 2006 within the largest cemetery in the world in Iraq. And coincidentally, around that same time, there was a small eight-day battle over the territory of that graveyard. Why? Why was that the case? There's too much going on here for it to not make any sense or for it to be a total fluke. You guys see where I'm going with this? So if we take a look, for example, at the CIA's actual website of declassified documents, here's what we're going to find. We're going to find many, many documents, which you guys, I'm putting the link in the, in the description for you guys on YouTube. But one of them I want to read out very quickly. Mission statement. This was from a formerly classified, now declassified document. To establish a program using psychoenergetics for intelligence applications, specifically utilizing the field of psychoenergetics referred to as remote viewing. The program encompasses the following. So anyways, they list what they want to do. Long story short, classified reports have been known to implicitly detail certain things that they're going to do without saying it directly because of fear that it may become declassified 30, 40, 50 years, 60, 70, 80 years down the road. Right. Now, after these bodies were acquired, 
what's noticed as well within these documents, if you read through all of them, is that they found that after a person dies, their body, and by the way, this has never been publicly tested before, or at least publicly conducted by any scientist, the human body, even though allegedly the soul is detached from the body at that point, the body still gives off low frequency vibrations. Now, why is that the case? The reason for that is because now if you're still giving off low frequential vibrations, it's possible that the next soul that is going to reincarnate or possibly bring your old pers persona back to life is that of which one that could be used to test. So they close off the cemetery, they utilize and they harness the technology or the frequency of the stargate. They don't want to go in it themselves because they're afraid. So then what do they do? They don't, not only, they say, wait a minute, those bodies we used in Project Sunshine, let's say we b buried them in Iraq and still keep that a secret, but we never really buried them in Iraq because we're actually resurrecting the dead to use as, I guess we can call them zombified, dumbed down test subjects to see what happens to them when we put them through that Stargate. Okay, and I know how crazy or radical that might sound. I understand you might be looking at your screen going, this guy is nuts, but just bear with me. Take a look at the sources below. You'll understand and everything will connect. Now, the next thing we have to look at here as well is that how are they going to resurrect the dead? All right. Allegedly, and on a public level too, there have been articles talking about things like cryosleep. Now, cryosleep is different from resurrecting the dead. But the idea here is that if you can genetically modify anything, I mean, it's gone to the point where they can turn humans with the right coding DNA sequence, turn humans into an animal of any kind. It's just it's not done because it's considered moral and unethical, right? However, when that's the case, and that's being done on a secretive, unofficial level where it's probably not even documented, what we're going to find here is that the projects that they've done 50, 60, 70 years ago to bring the dead back to life are slowly being drop-seeded into the public domain right now, okay? And I'll put up some pictures right now of some articles showcasing that they can actually resurrect the dead if they want. Now, how does that work on a spiritual side? I don't know. And I think coming from the CIA and the, United, and the Pentagon, I don't think they cared. Because all they needed was a bunch of bodies to just be, I guess, robotic entities and walk through this Stargate to see what happened. All right. And then what do they do? Because it's uh, the, um, the cemetery in Iraq is so large, they can just say they buried them there. It's, it's the largest cemetery in the world. It has anywhere from 10 to 20, maybe even more million bodies. It's considered a holy site. That's the perfect place to cover everything up. Yeah, no, we buried them. And even then, we won't admit that. But no, we buried them there. Yeah, that's what we'll say. Get it? So, I want you guys to understand, please, and hear me out. You don't have to believe this, but the pieces do connect. So, I want you guys to take this with a grain of salt in a sense of extreme consideration and understand that there's much more to this than meets the eye. But this is a perfect example of drop seeding because drop seeding, again, is when information is slowly released in a very distorted, disorganized way. So they can't technically say, well, we didn't tell you. But at the same time, they're kind of throwing the pieces everywhere for everyone to pick up and figure out on their own. Essentially, that's what's going on here. Now, the next thing I want to jump to as well has to do with the fact that when they resurrect the dead, okay, and pardon me here, just using some notes, we also have to understand that once they figured out through the resurrection that wherever this Stargate leads is a place in which they want to explore, what do they do? They start 
revealing slowly but surely demonstrations that they have no choice but to do in order to present it to large committees of people that are secretive committees but then sanction them into allowing not just people to walk through this stargate their craft to walk through to, to fly through the stargate now you might say dave what the hell are you talking about so if we take a look what we're going to find, according to thedrive.com, this was posted two days ago, and this article is exactly what I needed to confirm, solidify, and assure that my research is correct. Now, at least to my belief, but I could be wrong. Now, when we take a look, we're going to see here, this is the title, emails show Navy's UFO patents went through significant internal review, resulted in a demo. Okay, and so this is a quite the extensive article. I'm not going to lie. This goes on forever. I could I could read the whole thing to you guys. But essentially what's being presented here are tons and tons of documents. Okay, that have become declassified of UFO demonstrations in Iraq. In Iraq. Coincidentally, within the same territory is that of the cemetery. So do you guys see what I'm trying to say here, which is that projects create other projects, whether they were pre-planned or not. Projects lead to a ripple effect into other sub-projects or even bigger projects than the previous one that they initially started. And so what happens here is that this cemetery is a fantastic, fantastic cover for all of this. Now, yes, you might say, Dave, they can't be using the cemetery as an excuse all the time. You're 100% right. There's only so many things you can use in, as a public institutional uh, statement for so long. But then there comes a point when you don't even have to use it because you already know and your experiments and your tests have been conducted. So you don't need that particular cemetery or Stargate. Now, yes, is this big news? 100%. But this is nothing new. This is just one of many projects that seem to have successfully succeeded because, again, the documents that published from the drive.com, thanks to them, not sure if they're the original source of it, but the point is that it shows demonstrations were done in Iraq. They were done there. How much more evidence do we need to see that, first off, let's just start from the beginning. Babies and adult children who were just recently deceased and just recently buried, were dug up from all over the world, essentially, if we count Australia and the UK and all that, were dug up. They were then used to test in the United States and around the world on their skin and radioactive frequencies to see how far a nuke blast may be able to hit them. Okay, so there's that. And then, some point along that line, within that particular time frame, they more than likely realized, wait a minute, Forget the whole nuke thing. These dead bodies are still giving off frequencies. Now, yes, they may be very low frequencies, but we can detect it. So hold on. If a body is giving off frequencies, that means in a very theoretical context, in theory, the body, because it's technically a piece, of, I don't want to say a, a, a piece of meat, but it's more like a, a, a machine or a robot. The human body can come back alive if we can find a way to reincarnate the person. And maybe reincarnate's not the right word, but you get what I'm saying. They reincarnate them and they say, wow, we can now use these people, whether, they have, uh, whether they're conscious or not, after being resurrected, we can now use them to test and make them go through these stargates because their families think they're dead. I mean, down the road, their families might realize that they got, their bodies got dug up, but who cares? That's nothing compared to what we're trying to figure out and understand here. That's the way they see it. And so when this is done, they send all these people through these stargates, probably with cameras strapped on them to see, to get a live feed of some sort, because yes, as much as many people might not want to believe that or understand, we did have that technology back then. 
We did. One trillion percent. The things we have now are, according to Phil Schneider and many others, even Gary Webb, are, even Bob Lazar, are less than 5% of what they really have. And I'm talking about the technology today that's in the public domain today. So they make them go through these stargates. Clearly, they realize when they go through this stargate, it takes them somewhere that's safe enough for them to send in their craft. But they're still working on reverse engineering UFO craft, or maybe they're not. Maybe they've succeeded at it, and they're trying to improve it. So what do they do? Provide a demonstration to a certain subgroup of committees that are completely classified and say, listen, this is the plan. This is what we want to do. But to a certain point, we have to patent it within the public domain in order to slowly drop seed this so that we're not deceiving the public over an extremely long period of time. Okay. And you might say now, Dave, they deceive the public all the time. Yes. But in the long run, they drop seed the truth. Okay. And so... That resulted in the leak or release or declassification of such documents, which, by the way, if you look at the drive.com are still redacted, still redacted in some in some instances on some sentences. Right. And so they then take their craft, demonstrate it to the, the necessary people or the powers that be at the time, take it through that Stargate and see what happens next. What happens after they go through that Stargate? We won't, we, we won't find out. We don't know. As of right now, we don't know. Excuse me. But the overall point here is that this is an extremely overarching concept that is vital in understanding the way in which predictive programming works, slow drop seeding works, and how one project can lead to another and it just branches off from there. Morals and ethics obviously don't apply whatsoever. So I want you guys to let me know what you think. I'm sorry if I seem a little bit overly excited, but I've been taking weeks to put this together and uh, the dots uh, finally connect. And so it's nice when you spend time on something that finally connects because there are a lot of cases where I spend time on things that don't end up connecting and I don't want to make things up. So I have to scrap that that research uh, that that research topic. But anyways, please let me know what you guys think and have a fantastic weekend. And we will uh, catch you guys next week. And uh, that's it. Peace.